Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Okay, welcome to Peer Talk. There are a number of great business owners out there, just like yourself, who would love to share their experiences with you, and we hope to give them a voice. Today's episode features two special guests, peer group member Alan Hainsworth from Atlantic Lift Systems in Norfolk, Virginia, and David Olson, his consultant and peer group vendor. We will be looking at David's consulting application, Core Values, which allows the business owner to work on growing the value of their company. Alan Hainsworth joined his family business, Atlantic Lift Systems, in Norfolk, Virginia back in 2002 and rose to the presidency by 2012. He has expanded the business to Hampton and Richmond, Virginia, and has begun asset expansion beyond lifts to compact equipment and other construction equipment. Allen has received multiple awards, including being a two-time Top Gun recipient from Peer Executive Groups for financial excellence. David Olson is a senior M&A advisor for BMI Mergers and Acquisitions and helps peer group members and other small businesses with improving their business value as well as preparing for succession or exit. Okay, so the problem we're going to address today is that rental owners don't know what they don't know when it comes to increasing their value of their business and also having a smoother running operation. Um, so Alan, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give us a little background on yourself and your business and how you came to this place um, where you found out a, lot, a little bit about business development you wanted to do. So I've been in the business about 20 years and got into it a couple of years out of college. I'd, it's been a family business and I never planned on getting into the business. I, I had bigger aspirations and I love to cook. I thought I'd open a restaurant. I spent a couple of years in there, you know, in that field and became a little disenchanted and didn't didn't want the late hours like that had or in that capacity and so i moved back home from atlanta georgia and my dad asked me to come on board with him and give it a go and even at that time i didn't think i'd stay in the business and uh but it's like the uh, godfather you know you keep trying to get out and they keep pulling you back in and um we were a forklift dealership at the time though and the industry was changing. Uh, our set, our the manufacturer wanted to eat off the plate more and more of the dealer, and our revenue was basically sales and service. And we had a small rental business, small rental fleet that we primarily rented to the Navy. And uh, as time went on, when I joined in 2002. By 2012, when I took over, there was more consolidation and more eating off the plate. And I basically made a decision to get into the aerial business because it suited our Navy rental business. And so we didn't do the typical buy a 60-foot boom or some electric scissor lifts. We went straight for the big stuff, bought, I don't know, five 135s and then it was some 120s and then more you know 135s and within a three to five year period we had you know 30 plus uh ultra booms in our fleet and then our 
manufacturer, we had a less than a good relationship. And so we started buying more and more um, aerials and other, other type of rental equipment, compressors, dirty equipment, because we felt we'd be separating at some point in the near future and wasn't sure when. And um, so we had a really strong growth rate up until about 2000, between 2012 and 2018, we were probably doubling the size of our rental fleet every year and um, in revenue and, and equipment. And we, in 2018, we kind of, we hit a, a flat spot and we've really been stuck there. And so in joining the different groups that I've joined, one being your, you know, your peer, peer group, Dan, um, and talking to other operators, we just, we needed something. I don't, didn't have a strong management team uh, or don't. And so I didn't feel EOS was the answer for us. And we, uh, you introduced me to, to David who does core values. And so that's how we are, you know, how we ended up getting on this platform. So before we move over to David, I just wanted to uh, do a quick, what, what would you say your strengths were? So you became operator, you know, key person in 2012. Um, you know, there's, there's a people person, a people management person. There's a, a financial guru numbers person. Where do you fit into the landscape? Did you know equipment? How did you, what would you consider your strengths as a CEO? I did not know equipment from the standpoint of uh, all the stuff that's out there with mm -hmm. rentals, small tools, compressors, all that stuff. But I do have an ability to learn quickly, so I learned about the aerial stuff pretty quickly. Um, I do have an ability to leverage my relationships, and I have an ability to take risks. And I understood the financial aspect of it, so I felt comfortable with the risks and the return. And um, But we've just gotten we've gotten to a point where process is is needed and mm -hmm. I'm a process guy to a certain standpoint and I know processes are needed but I just care about results more and I don't want to hear about all this the process in between mm -hmm. and so uh, this is where David's kind of helping me work through some of that gotcha okay so let's move <clears throat> over to David David why don't you introduce uh, yourself and your, your company and, and the products that you're offering and how you came into play, how you ended up uh, working with Alan. Sure, sure, absolutely. So thanks for having me on your podcast, Dan, and uh, it's been a pleasure working with Alan for the last few months. Um, I'm a senior advisor, a senior uh, M&A advisor with a firm called BMI Mergers and Acquisitions. I have over 20 years of experience working with business owners, consulting, primarily on growth and uh, helping them grow their businesses and not necessarily focused on the transition of their business, but just purely on the growth piece. <clears throat> I um, ran across core value as a tool um, for, for business consultants that are focused on growth uh, and M&A. Um, a number of years ago, I became certified and adopted it into my practice of consulting and helping business owners think about um, not just growing the top line of their business, but growing the value of the business, which is a big difference. Just because you grow your top line doesn't mean your business is um, more attractive or can sell 
at a higher rate. Um, you still need to have a profitable business and you, there's um, really a lot of drivers that impact whether a business is attractive to that next buyer. <clears throat> and it really matters with small business owners because about 85% of the typical business owner has their overall wealth um, tied up into that business. And so it's really critical that they grow that particular part of their wealth and they protect it. And um, it's really sad when you see small business owners kind of um, let the business have a slow death and it really impacts their, their retirement and um, their legacy and what they're doing with their children and everything. So to be able to shift, what's that, Dan? Go ahead. So to be able to shift from just being focused on helping business owners grow their company to helping them grow their value and then um, helping them in that transition toward some sort of um, sale or transfer of some sort is really important. And, you know, the reality is 100% of businesses are going to transfer somewhere, somehow. Mm -hmm. And um, so core value is a very different tool. Alan mentioned uh, EOS. It, you can't even compare the two. So <clears throat> core value, um, really, they would um, call themselves a value growth software. Whereas EOS is more of um, a strategy management um, software tool. So they're completely different. Yeah. Um, so what's, yeah, interesting, what's interesting is, um, you know, core values, first off, epiphany for me, value, core values make sense, right? You're improving the value of the business. I'm, I'm thinking this whole time, oh, it's the values of the company, you know, the, the rules of the road, what, how... Um, how they present themselves to others, their values uh, scheme. Um, the, you know, didn't connect the dots into uh, core values being about value, valuation, value of the company. Second part to that is it does seem to me that even though everybody does transition at some point, there's no reason to engage core values because you're thinking about selling or looking to sell in the future. Um, it's actually just a dynamite way to increase your biggest asset, which is the value of your company, right? So, I mean, would you say that? So you may find with the ones that you've implemented that a number have gone ahead and transferred to business, but there's also obviously the, the business efficiencies and, and benefits of just increasing the value of your, of your largest asset. Yeah, absolutely. What, <clears throat> what, what core value does is it gets the business owner focused on 18 drivers that impact the value. Mm -hmm. Um, eight, uh, nine of the drivers are market-related drivers. The other nine are operational uh, drivers. And when the business owner walks through and assesses and understands how they're doing within best practices on all those drivers, yes, they're increasing the value of their business as they um, implement strategies to improve, but they're also improving the, the business that helps everybody within the business. It helps them. It helps them. Um, see see their compensation rise over the, the years. And so it really has an impact beyond just, oh, I want to sell my business. It's really about growing a healthy business where you can watch your value grow. Okay, so how many of these drivers do the two of you remember? So we're, we're, gonna, we're not going to go to David first. We're going to go to Alan first. Give me, give me a few of the drivers uh, that make up these 18 drivers that you would assess at the beginning. Um, 
HR, uh, law, uh, legal, um, financial, operational, marketing, sales. Um, I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I, and then I feel like they break some of those up too. Into subs. Yeah. How about David? So, so yeah. a number of those that, that Alan mentioned are the, the operational drivers. Gotcha. Um, so sales and marketing come together. Senior management is an operational driver. Um, the, the, the strength of senior management has a huge impact on the value of the company. Um, other um, market drivers include um, growth, history of growth, recurring revenue, your brand in the marketplace, what kind of margin advantage you have, barriers to entry within the market, product differentiation, customer diversification, market mm. share, um, innovation. So there, there's a lot of parts of, of the business uh, drivers that really um, potentially impact the business. And um, I think it's about 95% of businesses have one of those drivers of the 18 drivers that is in such disrepair that it would make them difficult to sell. Mm -hmm. And so again, you may not want to sell your business or transfer your business for 10 or 15 years, but you should still be thinking about creating a healthy business that um, at least all your options are open. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so, so how does one begin the implementation process? Did, did you send like a, a book to Alan that he had to fill in an assessment? Uh, like a, I'm picturing like this a hundred questions or something. Was it something like that to get it kicked off? I, I think I answered like 18 questions, Dan. Oh, wow. Originally to, yeah. to see if I was interested. And then from there we went and, I'm, it's more than a hundred questions, I can tell you. <laughs> Excellent. And then, and then David, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you tell us yeah, a little it's, bit? It's about. really, it's really, um, it's like doing due diligence on yourself. Yeah. So um, there are are literally through the whole process, we probably unpack um, about two hundred and forty areas. Mm, wow. That we talk about, we walk through, we answer them, we. Um, come up with initiatives, there's recommended tasks, but then we also create some custom um, activities to do. Um, and so it's really about um, seeing where there's weaknesses, addressing those weaknesses and coming up with plans and, um, and then implementing them. So, uh, and, and I'll ask you this, Alan, um, is this something that you literally are there by yourself? Is anybody participating in the initial steps with you on your side? Yeah, I mean, I went through everything initially, you know, answering all the questions by myself. I now have a someone who's heading up sales and marketing, and so they're going to be answering uh, to half of the half of the. Uh, um, drivers mm -hmm. and trying to increase on those and margin and everything. And Dave and I worked through some uh, tasks for that person or goals to work through on those drivers. And um, we're actually going to be meeting in the next week to uh, go over all that stuff. Okay. And you, the mechanism, are you guys capturing this in like a workbook or is there software or 
how's that look? Um, Dave, you want to take it? It's it's a uh, it's a software actually. Uh, the section of the of the dashboard when uh, Alan logs into his his dashboard his software platform, there is a section called workbook. Hmm. So literally, all eighteen drivers exist within the workbook. Hmm. Um, but then there's different parts of of his dashboard. He can go to. He can go toward recommended tasks. He can go toward the tasks that. He's already selected. It becomes almost like a project management tool. Gotcha. With deadlines and activities and customizations. Um, but it's really geared toward um, the business owner, um, helping the business owner be focused on growing uh, a healthy value for their business. So it's less focused on, um, you know, from what I understand with EOS, that's more focused on being able to, um, put everybody together on a platform so they can do kind of management meetings and whatnot. This is more of a platform where Alan and I work together, keeping him focused on what he needs to be focused on to improve value. It's really more of a one-on-one coaching tool. Gotcha. Okay. But then, then we can also bring in, for example, uh, his new VP of sales and marketing. We can bring him in uh, on the initiatives we're working on and help him um, include him um, in, in making some of those uh, tactics that we need to come up with for the different plans, the growth plans. Okay, so um, let me turn to um, Alan. So Alan, you uh, have been at this. Why don't you share a little bit with um, the listeners of, about um, where you're at? How do you decide what's a priority and the time frame on what you work on? Is that something directed from David and Core Values or is it something that you establish? What's that look like? Well, David, I meet roughly once a week, maybe twice, depending on the week. Uh, we look at all the different drivers, what can fundamentally make the business more valuable um, gotcha. in, in some aspects. Uh, and then we also look at what are little easy tasks that could be done to get picked off to reduce the overall task load. So it's it's a mix of those and then what I have capacity to do at the time also. I've seen the software and it looks like it does operate with that smart, um, smart goal perspective of, hey, uh, we're going to assign this task to this person and let's put a time frame on it. Is that pretty accurate? that how they it kind of breaks out the, the different action items yeah it's uh, some of that's David drilling in and setting that up and then some of it um, I can go do gotcha so what what stage are you at at this point what have you completed what what is what do you see as next being a priority for for your team really right now our biggest driver is to get revenues up um, gotcha. increase revenue yeah, uh, Dave's working on uh, getting a customer survey out with uh, my VP Bert and my marketing administrator Julie um, to kind of gauge the temperature of how customers feel about us and what we do well, what we don't, and um, the, you know, a net promoter score if they would recommend us. And so we're sending that out. I think in the next couple of days, right, Dave? Yeah, we'll, um, we're going to do our final review, I believe, this afternoon, 
But with the holiday coming up, we'll probably start launching next Tuesday. Gotcha. And so you, my question for you, David, um, with regard to this, um, you've had experience with, with other consulting services that you've provided over the years. I've known you for a couple decades. Um, you, where does it, it seems like you guys are on an accelerated action implementation working on the business. It's, it just seems like uh, maybe it's, it's taking the owner out of the business, getting them to work on the business at a little uh, faster clip or just a more thorough clip. What's your opinion on that? David? It, 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 it does, Dan. And I think, you know, every consultant is different and, the t and you know me, the type of consultant that I, that I am is, uh, I don't want to tell you what time it is after I look at your watch. Mm -hmm. uh, what I want to do is I want to, uh, I'm big in implementation. Mm -hmm. So I want to um, drive through the data and the analysis as quickly as possible and get my clients toward implementation. Mm -hmm. And so the nice thing about core value is it does um, get you through that assessment phase, um, help you get focused on the areas that, um, could improve your business and improve the value and then immediately get you toward implementation and action items. So for me, I like that. And when the way I use core value is um, as we're going through the process of building out the growth plan, the value plan with Alan, which we should be wrapped up in the next month. Um, I also um, try to, to find some areas that we can um, check off the list of tasks, like as Alan mentioned, that, for example, um, we're, we're going to implement a business intelligence survey. Mm -hmm. And I want to do some implementation of activities with the client during the engagement so that, number one, we're moving some balls forward, we're getting some first downs, maybe we'll throw a touchdown by the time we're done with the 90-day um, project and engagement. But in this case, with the business intelligence survey, we're going to gather a ton of customer data um, that's going to help direct some of the other growth initiatives that we're working on. So um, I think that answers your question about uh, driving toward implementation quickly. It does actually, uh, you know, and it led me to another question just hearing you speak there. So uh, one of the initiatives you guys are obviously working on is focusing on your customers and understanding the customer segment. That's not typical in Allen's industry, which is the rental industry. Um, there's usually not a lot of energy put around uh, customer research or understanding that. Um, Alan, why don't you speak briefly to, you know, where you see that value coming in and how you might apply that over the next year um, if you're getting good info on your customers? Um, so we've just, we signed on with Salesforce and we're going through an implementation with them mm -hmm. uh, because we don't, we've not had a CRM in the past. And so we're trying to segment everything so that we can do drip campaigns based off segment and set up certain uh, marketing uh, events towards those segments, depending if it's a electrician or a site guy or, you know, caulking and foundation guy, whatever it may be, we can focus wholly on those. If we have a bunch of equipment, it's all the same type of equipment sitting that we can focus on that segment. So we're, we're working, I mean, when David came along and he wanted to do this, it was great because we want to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. And so we're setting a lot of that up in Salesforce and that's going to be 
our marketing tool because we signed on with the Salesforce marketing tool. So we're, you know, for us, it's a huge thing to get the segmentation and really try to get granular on the customer level from, you know, how many employees they have, how, how much volume we think that they do from a rental standpoint, what type of uh, work that they do, where they're located, because we want to start being able to filter down in on that information and, you know, seeing who our best customers are and who are not so we can kind of focus on that type of customer. Gotcha. Or not or not focus, depending on what they are. Well, it's interesting because you think of Atlantic Lift Systems as being a Lyft company. You're renting lifts. Yep. Um, you obviously rent other um, compact equipment, different um, tools um, and equipment. Um, but I think this will be an interesting exercise to see if it changes anything um, and possibly if you go deeper with certain categories of lifts or something like that based on yeah. what you find. Well, it's, um, it's funny you say that because one of the drivers is brand. Now that you say it, reminds me. And, uh, our name has always been something that we kind of question. Does it fit what we need? And, and uh, a lot of times people go, I didn't know you did that. I thought you were an elevator company because <laughs> I think the systems really throws it off. If it was just Atlantic Lift, it might be fine. But when we add the systems, it becomes, oh, you're the elevator company, aren't you? And we're like, no, that's not <laughs> anything that we do. But um, so brand is one of the drivers, and that's going to be a discussion for us, but more so in the near future than the later, because if we try to open up more branches, I don't want to forget if we do change our name, I, I don't want it to be you know, for six locations or five locations, I, you know, I want it to be for what it is now. Excellent. And you, um, and since you've been, you know, in, in the year of 2020, you've been dealing with, uh, obviously the coronavirus and what's happening to, um, you know, the workplace. How have you fared? How has the business done during this period? Uh, so when it first happened, April and May, we're a little slower. We were flat to maybe five to ten percent off, mm -hmm. but our business has actually picked up through June, July, and August. Um, we have some good pipelines. We find that some of our competitors are struggling. We're probably about to get some equipment kicked off from our competitors, and we'll be replacing them because they can't respond from a service standpoint. Hmm. So. Yeah, we're in a pandemic and we have a lot of uncertainty with stuff, but we feel like in the long run, service is going to be the driver because if you can't service the client, they don't really care. And uh, we we see that the bigger players are struggling with that right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, uh, David, from your perspective, you know, on the same topic, uh, we have a number of members in, in the peer executive groups and, and a number of people listening today who have businesses. Is this a good time to take a step back and work on the business? I'm setting you up for this, but um, tell us what your business has been like uh, the last three, four months. Well, what I'm finding, uh, not just with my business, but um, I have a couple uh, all, all kinds of activities between clients, between um, some other businesses that I'm a part of. Everybody is needing to uh, retool, re-engineer, reimagine, regroup, um, and uh, for survival reasons. And so, what I'm finding is that those who are thinking forward and thinking about growth 
are stepping back and they're um, they're being thoughtful about what's their next move. Mm. And if you just try to keep moving into the future, doing things the way you were in the past, um, you're you're probably going to have a tough time in this next season. So really the smart business owners are stepping back. I'm not saying they have to use core value to do that process. Core value is, is, is um, helping the business owner be really focused about making sure that they're doing things in a healthy manner. Um, but all in all, as a business owner, you need to be thinking about doing things differently. And uh, so Alan, the nice thing from when I got involved with Alan is he already had embraced uh, some new technology um, that he's adopting into his business. And he was already making some of these moves even before COVID, if I, if I got the, the timeline right. So um, Alan's kind of moving through this pretty well. And, uh, and that's encouraging. Well, we appreciate your words of wisdom. And Alan, I'll give you the last uh, say. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you picked what the picture of Atlantic Lift systems might look like a year from now, hopefully after the uh, everybody gets uh, the vaccine. Um, we're hoping to, you know, get back on the growth trail. We're trying, you know, working on the processes and we've come a long way in that and we'd potentially like to open another location um, in the next year. So we'll, we'll see how it all pans. And develop, the, and develop those leader employees, right? Those leadership, uh, leadership team there. Yeah, and develop myself too because I need it. Well, I appreciate your guys' time today. Uh, again, um, Alan Hainsworth from Atlantic Lift Systems and David Olson from BMI Mergers and Acquisitions. David, we'd love to have you back on to maybe do a uh, YouTube uh, video with uh, some screen activity of your tool so we can see yeah. some of the software for our, for our customers. So we appreciate that. But Absolutely. thanks for joining us. Do that. Guys, next week, um, uh, check in with uh, peer talk for another edition. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Groups, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.